Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is David Kalmus. I am Deputy Editor for Neuroradiology at the journal Radiology. I'm joined today by Jody Tanaby, who is Professor of Radiology, Chief of Neuroradiology, and Vice Chair of Research at the University of Colorado. Welcome, Dr. Tanaby. Thank you for having me. Sure. We're here to discuss your really exciting paper uh, entitled Sex Differences in Gray Matter Changes and Brain Behavior Relationships relationships in substance dependence. Um, and uh, first of all, can you, can you just share with us what are the, the known sex differences in the natural history of substance dependence? Uh, so there have been several research studies showing several differences at every level of, of drug use. So for example, women have been shown to escalate their use of drugs much more quickly than men. Um, while it's true that men compared to women tend to engage in more risky behavior such as experimenting with drugs, it turns out that women are much more likely than men, for example, to use drugs to reduce depression or alleviate stress. And that is one of the thoughts behind the, the quicker downward spiral for women than men. There are also, also some behavioral differences. For example, with psychostimulants, women report different levels of euphoria, and that is thought to be related to the menstrual phase. Uh, the good news is that women also tend to seek treatment at an earlier time point than men. Mm -hmm. okay. A lot of the sex differences have also been substantiated by animal studies. There have been several animal studies that show that uh, female rodents acquire self-administration paradigms much more quickly than male rodents. Okay, so with that background of the differences um, between men and women with substance dependence, what, what did you do in this study? Uh, so in this study, it was a cross-sectional uh, study where we recruited about 127 individuals roughly divided between healthy controls and abstinent substance-dependent individuals. And we compared the gray matter volume at a whole brain level and at a regional level between patients and controls, and we determined, investigated the effects uh, of sex on those, on those differences. So there have been a number of studies that have shown that gray matter volumes differ between drug users and controls, and we also know there is sexual dimorphism just being female or male. Uh, but there have been very few studies that have looked at the interaction of these two factors. Uh, so we conducted that uh, analysis on T1-weighted structural images, and then we determined whether there were any relationships between the gray matter volume and behavioral measures that may be important in drug dependence, as well as measures of drug severity itself. And so what, what did you find? So our main finding was that there was an interaction between sex and drug dependence diagnosis on gray matter volumes uh, involving multiple areas, primarily frontal, dorsolateral prefrontal, ventral medial prefrontal, and the limbic system, as well as the temp temporal lobe. Uh, and it turned out that these differences were really driven by the women. So drug-dependent women had much lower gray matter volume than control women, and we did not find 
these substantial differences in the men. So that, those were our volumetric findings. And then we took it further and found that there were correlations between certain behavioral metrics. So the one that's most interesting is that there was a negative correlation between the gray matter volume in the nucleus accumbens and drug severity. We measured drug severity by summing the uh, dependence and abuse symptoms across all drugs for each individual. And was that, was that an expected finding or was that surprising? So the finding that the differences would be driven more by the women than the men, that was a, that was a surprising finding. We were, not, we were not expecting to find such vast differences. And what, so what are the uh, potential clinical ramifications of, of these findings? I think one of the uh, interesting clinical, clinical ramifications is our finding of correlations between the nucleus accumbens gray matter volume and um, drug severity. So all drugs of abuse, for lack of a better term, hijack the dopamine reward system. And that system consists of cell bodies of dopaminergic neurons that lie in the ventral tegmental area with axons pro uh, projecting forward into the nucleus accumbens. So the fact that we found this relationship between drug severity and accumbens gray matter volume suggests that there is a neuroanatomical link between true, true, true behavior. And does that point to any specific therapy, or is it more just uh, understanding the pathophysiology uh, better? Um, well, it certainly helps us understand the pathophysiology better. It does confirm uh, the current notions about the role of the reward system. Eventually, we hope that this will improve therapies and, and management. I think one way is that because we know that there are differences in the natural history of drug addiction in women compared to men. And if we have some biological evidence of such a difference, it can spur more research into reasons for those differences. Okay. For example, there may be hormonal differences that uh, may contribute to vulnerabilities, and those hormonal differences have varying effects upon different, varying, upon, uh, different regions of the brain. That could direct therapy. It could also help direct management. Okay, and is there anything from the study that the, uh, the practicing neuroradiologist should take away or look for um, in everyday, uh, everyday clinical work? Uh, that's a good question. I think the most important message for the practicing neuroradiologist is that we, we read MRIs all the time. They're, they're the bread and butter. Uh, but I think that this study should make radiologists realize that there may be a wealth of data in that those MRI images which we are not necessarily tapping into. Um, I think that it demonstrates that if you can come up with the right question, then radiologists can make substantial contributions to understanding the biology of disease, not just making a, a diagnosis. Sure. So speaking of, of looking at brain volumes, you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, this was a cross-sectional study. Um, and does that provide adequate data 
um, rather than a longitudinal study to understand the changes uh, with, uh, with abstinence and, and differences between the sexes? Well, ideally, you would want to do a longitudinal study and look at how brain volume changes over the dynamic range of short-term versus long-term abstinence. Uh, we, we did not do that, but that is, of course, the ideal study. What we can conclude from this study is that these changes are sustained without the effect of acute drugs. So uh, on average, our patients were off of drugs for about a year. Uh, and that's important because, for example, we know that alcohol in the short term can have uh, significant changes in, in brain volume and metabolism at, with acute sobriety over the course of weeks. So I think what this study demonstrates is that there, we can detect sustained changes. Whether it came before or after the drug, I cannot say. Sure. So I, I know that you have a, a current NIH grant to study this. Um, can you share with us um, what you're doing in that grant? Uh, are you looking at other features of the, of the disorder with other imaging techniques? So we're currently funded to look at decision-making in drug users. Specifically, we look at risky decision-making, and uh, we're looking at uh, the striatal system as well as the frontal networks in looking for neural correlates that may underlie bad decisions made by drug users. Uh, interestingly, our R01 was not originally funded to look at sex effects, uh, but this information came out um, afterwards. Okay. Well, yeah, certainly uh, uh, drug addiction is a, is a public health problem, and congratulations on this, uh, this fantastic line of research. Um, is there anything else you want to want to share with uh, with the listeners um, uh, about your project or future projects? I'm just I'm I'm appreciative of the chance to to share this information, and I hope it inspires people uh, in the radiology community to do similar sorts of uh, similar sorts of work. All right. Well, congratulations congratulations on your paper. We greatly appreciate your support of our journal, and we look forward to future great papers from your group. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hi, this is Herb Kressel. Uh, this month, we have available uh, transcripts of the podcast discussions. Uh, we've learned that uh, many of our listeners and viewers may not uh, be that familiar with English as a, uh, as a language, and uh, we feel that the transcripts will be helpful in furthering their understanding of medical English. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and we hope you enjoy the transcripts. Uh, please contact us uh, with any uh, suggestions for further improvement. Thank you. Thank you.